If this were a trap, you would certainly be able to kill me before you went down. No question about it. Welcome to Late Night Kill James Bond. Listen, good good sleep hygiene is important, right? Uh, But not for me. Mm -hmm. I am Alice Caldwell-Kelly, joined as always by my friends Abigail Thorne and Devon. Hello, I am slipping out of my bedroom in a silk robe. I Mm -hmm. am sitting down with a pot of tea. There are mm. there are birds outside the window. It's 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 a sleepy bond. It's a sleepy kill James Bond. I'm sitting here. I'm going honk. Me 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 me. <laughs> There's a feather above my mouth that's just sort of like being blown oh. up and then floating back down. <laughs> I'm I personally I'm cozy pilled. I'm snug maxing. Um and I, I'm just I'm I'm HSTS. I'm a highly sleepy transsexual. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And the worst part is, the worst part is, this sort of late night energy is coming to you at uh, 1400 hours British time, 2pm, and yet, due to the fact that we're all very functional, every single fucking host of your favourite podcast has been incapacitated by a lack of sleep. But we watched 1964's To Trap a Spy, the first of God knows how many movies that they made by cutting together bits of old footage from the TV show The Man from Uncle. Yeah, so listeners, The Man from Uncle, if you weren't aware from it, was uh, weren't aware of it, is a very very famous '60s spy TV show, kind of in the mm. vein of like a little bit like The Saint. Um, it was just like an icon, and uh, they took some of the episodes of it and then they filmed extra footage and like recut them and they turned them into sort of ninety minute films. Um, of which there's sort of six or seven, and then we'll do the whole series, and then we'll do the modern Man from Uncle film with Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, I've seen is, so my brother and I were really into these when I was a kid. And what I really love about this series is that as it goes on, they just get progressively stupider and stupider. <laughs> so this is the most serious. This is this the most serious gets. one. Oh crap! Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, this is like they're like playing straight, and then the rest of it is just like fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Well, because I- Ian Fleming was involved with uh, the Man from Uncle for a while. Like the the broccolis sued and made him take his name off of it. Before that, it was like Ian Fleming's. I don't know Ian Fleming's uncle. And it shows because this is basically just like a Bond ripoff. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And like as as Abby says later on, it gets more sort of like Trey. It gets into like spy fi and stuff. But here oh, yeah, yeah. we're like, just imagine, doing like, imagine like this is if every episode, if every film in the Bond series was Moonraker. Fuck yeah. <laughs> they, just, they all get Moonraker. There's, there's like, we've split the audience here, right? Because some of them will just be putting their head in their hands and others <laughs> will just be like, yes, this is my podcast. It was made for me. Um, so, yeah, it, enjoy that as it happens. But we have to start with The Trap of Spy, which begins with 009 getting killed in the grandest Always. tradition of Bond films. The clown um, agent. Fool. Yeah. What's fucked up is that this 009 looks insanely like Mark Ruffalo. Like, yeah, I thought it was Mark Ruffalo too, actually. Yeah, like there's a shot of him like 
he he opens the car door. He's, he's like, crash this car. He's like, gut shot. He looks out the thing. I'm like, that's fucking Mark Ruffalo. This is like already. I'm like perfect. This is the vibe. I'm I'm back in the room. I love it when I start a film and it opens by excitedly proclaiming that it's in color. I'm like, beautiful. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's it just we get a scene of him being chased from his car by goons mm-hmm. and through the woods they're like pushing foliage out of the way and this is so poorly edited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally the timing isn't right, so a guy moves in fast motion. It's so poorly acted. It's so poorly fucking it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's they so hadn't good. invented yeah. acting back then. They hadn't invented editing. No, really we're we pre everything. Like. It's like real yeah. old school Connery Bond this. shit. It's really fun. It's nice to. 100%. I'm saying return with a V. We're going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so the 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 brief that this actor 009 has been given is okay. You're gonna stumble to this house and you're gonna like drag yourself through the, like the agony of your your searing sort of like gunshot wound to the to the guts. You're gonna drag yourself through the house up to the bedroom looking for a woman named Angela. And what what you actually get in terms of the acting is guy is coming home from a heavy night, mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah. kind of like covered in sweat. Occasionally forgets that his legs work. This is you at like at like nine a.m. this morning, Alice. <laughs> yes, this is that was me now. Like if you asked me to get up and walk across the room, you would get the same sort of like uh, the same movement out of me. I would like stumble from like table to table. <laughs> Knocking things off the shelf, that kind of stuff. Like that's right, that's right. Um, so <laughs> at, at first he thinks that no one is home, so he burns some of the labels out of his clothes in the fireplace, and then he gets on the gets on the phone to his boss in New York and says they're going to try to assassinate the president of fictional country. Yes, like West Natumba, I think. Oh, he doesn't he doesn't yes. say that. He says the president of West Natumba is going to visit a chemical plant uh, next week and they are planning to assassinate and then he gets cut off. Somebody mm-hmm. cuts the the phone line. It's good. Yes. It's, it's it's like it's good. good. Yeah. It's dramatic. It's exciting. And then at this point, uh, a woman who I know is evil walks in and I know she's evil because she's Italian. I know yeah, she's evil because that's Fiona Volpe from the Thunderbolt. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I was like that's she's funny. a re- <laughs> She is a Bond girl. Like here she is. Speaking of yeah, early she's playing Connery, I was like, Fiona Volpe. Oh, let's go. Yeah, she is just playing Volpe again. You might remember her listeners from um from the last time. She was like James Bond, who only has to have sex with a woman. She starts hearing a heavenly choir. Like it's her. She's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Welcome delivering back worse to the lines. But yeah, no, returning champion, uh, Fiona Volpe, and so she she comforts him, I guess, and is like, oh, I didn't know the phones out. That's Crazy! Can you go and stand by this big window? She's wearing please? this like incredible nighty, by the way, which is apparently what like in the sixties was passed for sexy. So like na- nowadays, this woman would be here in like lingerie, but but they can't do that because it's the sixties and they hadn't invented sex yet. Um, so she's here in this like like, like kind of like bloomers and, so, yeah. and like a sheer nighty. It's 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 not sexy, but you can tell they're trying to be. Like the, this is the thing that your granddad thought was like the sexiest shit he'd ever seen. 100%, it's not hundred percent like, like sexy coded. You ever, yeah. like, a woman, hmm. a woman in like a sort of like a pink uh, ankle length quilted house coat that's made mostly out of asbestos. If you showed that to your grandfather, he would get so horny he would die. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. But, so. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, R.I.P. Yeah. How they went out, terrible, mm. terrible. That's what he would have wanted. How that champions. It, like, so, saw this movie and was like so horny, like he cannot think. Had a heart attack, uh, which like wasn't. I think I've COVID. Wasn't survivable back then yeah, as it is now. Yeah. But anyway, Angela like says, "Oh, you should look out the window." For some yeah, reason. Wouldn't it be cool if you went over to the big window and, and looked out of it? And he's <laughs> this like, is, yes, dear. This is a hitman assassination. It's so, yeah. It's, so <laughs> it's very contextual, like standing in this <laughs> spot. And then what she does is she turns her photography studio lights on him because she's a photographer. And he gets got through like some gunshots through the window. Um, that that they just like rake his body with gunshots. It's sort of a Godfather way. And then the really funny thing is that after he's dead, they just shoot like one more burst just into the room generally, just to like just to add insult to injury. And it's it's quite good. Um, it's a good reveal because then the two guys who shot him come upstairs and they open the door and and they are apparently on the same team as Andrew. And they said, "Did he manage to contact anybody?" And she said, "Yes, he managed to get through to New York." And we're like, "Oh, are these the bad guys!" Like. Yeah, she's Fun. doing the cool. evil voice now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then we get a sequence which I I really love because listeners, this film kind of assumes that you know about the man from Uncle TV series and like who the characters are. But if you yes. don't, this is like a really cool introduction to like that's true. Who the UNCLR. That is true. So we 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 get a um a, a sort of nice old archival shot of New York City of Manhattan. And New York looked like shit in the 60s. Like, people talk about urban decay or whatever in the 70s, but no, in the 60s, what, what we see is like the UN building, and across the street from it is like a factory of three giant smokestacks going. And it's just like, oh man, it used to be fucking atrocious. Maybe it still is, I don't know. Um, also, if you know what those giant smokestacks are, do write in. Um, but so, what we see is a little like um, tailor shirt. Like a tailoring shop mm. in the basement of a brownstone, the Florias, I think it's called. Um, and there's a guy in there, uh, you know, pressing some jackets. Guy walks in. This guy looks suspicious. He looks goon, sort of goon coded, um, and takes off his jacket, lights a cigarette, goes to light the other guy's cigarette. The the guy working there. And fully smokes him out because the lighter is like a, a sort of like knockout, knockout gas, gas yeah, Roger Moore LSD noise <laughs> ass uh, dispenser. Actually, there's there's a couple of times when I can use this because they reuse this bit. Um, they 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 are like use this on two different people in this, uh, and you know some good screenshots here. I think perhaps yeah. This uh, so they knock out the tailor and then. The, the the guy, he opens the door. And then, no, no, he doesn't open the door. What he does is he equips his special bell silence. Right. <laughs> it's like something he's brought with him for this it's purpose. Right. To, oh, yeah. to, like, muffle the little bell above the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he puts something in it so that the, the bell doesn't ring when, when he opens the door and lets in, like, a bunch more... Uh, this is like three, more three more goons. See, being a spy is, like, just putting on a suit and kind of doing elaborate bits with the boys. It's so good. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's so, yeah. It's so they cool. They just go in. They're all wearing business suits. They fucking like. They break into the uh, the secret, secret spy room. headquarters, but which is underneath the tailor in the tailors. Yes, and there's a, a receptionist, but they also do a little knockout gas thing too, which is very sweet. Mm -hmm. We, I love, I love, I love the design of as soon as you get into the the spy base, oh, so the receptionist is like. Watching, watching this from like a red Bakelite monitor, 
uh, everything is like concrete everything because like, like fucking brushed, brushed steel hasn't been in. <laughs> yeah, it's Fantastic. perfect. It's, it's this is like perfect spy location vibes. This is like um, Casino Royale in the sixties as well. This was just what it looked like to be a spy. And the, the, this, this receptionist genuinely like they bust in the door, knock her unconscious with the knockout gas, and a guy just fully like picks her up and like dumps her somewhere out of the way, which. Great first day idea for me. However, it, it immediately sets the tone for what this movie is going to be, yeah, right? Yeah. Or at least we think it does, which is we're not in the, the fucking killing people business here. We're in the knockout gas business. This is this is the sort of like baseline level of violence. The worst thing that happens to you is you sleep it off in a corner, much like me after recording this episode. You get sort of honk-pilled and, you know... You stand on the honk. Yeah, exactly. And then you're fine. Um, but then they they steal some security badges. The the UNCLE. Um. By the yeah. way, by the way, this is the headquarters that we surmise of the UNCLE, who are uh, the United Network Coalition for Law Enforcement, not United <laughs> Nations, because that term is protected. Uh, but the yes. United Network Coalition for Law Enforcement. They're like they're oh, fucking like an international MI6. We'll learn more about them later. Mm-hmm. Two 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 of these guys steal the. Sort of security badges as brought to you by Doritos. I love the security badge so design, man. They're so good. They're like big I, plastic I, I triangles think of them. that you clip on that have a number on. It's it's and so like cool. Poker chips. It's fantastic. Yeah, I've been thinking of them as security Doritos the whole time. <laughs> uh, and the, they, they they clip those on and they go in undercover and no one There's no really dialogue sort of here. like it's, no. it's all kind of silent. And you hear like. The clicking and the clacking of their shoes on the concrete floor, it's, it's very, very dramatic. I like it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so they make their way in, only to get to another checkpoint where they set off the alarm, mm-hmm. the very annoying alarm, uh, the alarm, which will continue for the rest of this scene. It's sort of like uh, GoldenEye 64 sort of levels of alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the door like shuts on them. One guy gets through. The other guy literally gets caught in the door. Um, not like killed or anything. The security not got like crushed. Just, no, just no, no, no. stuck. And he's like, ah, shit. That's the level we're pitched at here. He gives up. Like he, yeah. he surrenders. Oh, he gives up so easily. The security <laughs> guard like knocks the gun out of his hand, walks over, goes to get the gun that he's knocked out of his hand. Like points the gun at him. He's like, "Oh, okay then." And he's kind of like holding his arm where it's been stuck in the door. And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> poor fella." It's just gone waylaid, and it's like, "Ah, oh, for fuck's yeah, sake!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's also really funny is that the second anyone has a gun in this movie, what they do is they hold it in one hand and they kind of like hunch over yes! forward. Yes. <laughs> They, they do, do the, the fucking more thing. They might as well have like one hand yes. out the side. Like it's perfect. No, no, they don't. They don't. It's like it's it's almost a Roger. It's like a cousin to a Roger Moore <laughs> thing. Very much to keep with the vibe of the film. They don't stick a hand out, but they do kind of. A, yeah, they do they a little do the, uncle like, hunch. Semi crouch. <laughs> the 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 funniest thing is for 1964. This is tactically correct. They really? took like that. Yeah, that's how the army taught you to fire, like to hold a pistol. Just to, like hunch all the Step way over and look, look like, like a dipshit. dipshit. <laughs> yes, truly yes. And to me, that makes it so much funnier. It's, it's such like a British army officer vibe to me. It's just like holding holding yeah. this gun, half crouch. You're you're quite low. You're holding it with one hand, and you go, yep. "Who goes there?" That's it. Like, this, yeah. They hold a gun like you would hold a live snake. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have, I have no conception of how I would hold a live snake. No one does until you, you have to hold a live snake, and then you decide very Yeah, quickly. and then you hunch over. <laughs> Having yeah. held live snakes, that is how I held them. Um, anyway, uh, the other guy gets through, um, and he, he uh, blows his way through the door. We see there's a bunch of uncle agents who are being scrambled, one of whom we'll meet later. And then... <laughs> yeah, by the way, the way, the way he gets through that door is he has... But he's brought with him from home a briefcase with an oven glove in yeah. it. It's so good. It's fantastic. And he and he uses that oven glove to apply like some some plastique or some thermite, we're not sure which, to a door to like blow his way in. And he just tosses the poor fucking oven glove. Fantastic. And at this point, then, um, then we meet point, we meet a man. We get the best character <laughs> introduction I've ever seen in my fucking so life. So good. Perfect. Oh my yeah. god. So he It's really good. He, right. The, the evil spy, he's from Wasp, which, which we'll get into, I'm sure. Uh, he mm-hmm. opens the door and he looks ahead of him and he sees silhouetted against the background a man. A man stood so normal and so okay. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> this guy shoots straight at him, only to discover that he yeah. stood behind some bulletproof glass. So you get a bunch of cracks and then the lights flick on and you see just sort of a normal looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> we see we see the actor Robert Vaughn yes. playing the character of Napoleon Solo. Napoleon yes. Solo. Incredible Uncle Agent. And the vibe is like American discount Sean Connery. But yes. yes. He doesn't even look like he's not pati- he's He's not good looking. He's not he good just looking. looks like a normal <laughs> man. Just a fella in a suit. And what he does is very dramatically Run? Well, not run is a bit strong. Well, he, doesn't, he doesn't even he run at first. What? what the, yeah, jog he, around he, the room. This is this is a problem, right? Because so, so so much of the like unintentional comedy of this movie is purely visual, and I'm struggling to convey to you the way that when the like bulletproof glass gets shot for the third or fourth time. <laughs> What Robert Vaughn does is he does a little like whoop, sort of excuse me motion out of the fray in the in the same way. Do you remember that Roger Moore couldn't do a fight scene? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, just, yeah. Like, he just didn't have that kind of killer instinct. He didn't have that aggression. That's Robert Vaughn. He, he just walks around the guy in it. He moves in the same way that, like, someone with, like, a tray full of drinks trying to get past me makes me move. Of, like, whoop, sorry there. And then he. <laughs> I don't know if, like, maybe this is a limitation of the form. Maybe they couldn't rotate the camera fast enough. But, like, it's so fucking funny that this guy's main <laughs> reveal is that he sort of just walks around the other guy and shoots him. Like, effortlessly flanks <laughs> this him. This is the most fun thing, as well, is that, like, Throughout the whole film, like, so Sean Connery listeners, the, the, this film actually made me appreciate Sean Connery's performance as James Bond a bit oh, yeah. more because yeah. Sean Connery as James Bond was charming. And he like, you know, he smiled, he was nice to people. Robert Vaughn, it's just like, he's not charming at all. He's just <laughs> kind of a dick. He's just he's a sort of normal dude. <laughs> I hadn't actually seen a man from Uncle Thing <laughs> apart apart from the reboot until now, and seeing the way that Robert Vaughn plays Napoleon Solo made a lot of pieces fall into place for me. It made the character of Archer make a lot more sense to me. Uh, it, it made like because essentially he's got one thing. That thing is smug, and he conveys it through his eyebrows. Yes. Um. So 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 he like sidesteps around the wall, shoots the guy three times. Kills him. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, the the other agents have like just sort of brought in his three comrades, the guys they captured. Um and we see we see Robert Vaughan's boss, Mr. Allison, who yeah. steps out into into the thing and is like, oh, I guess they were trying to kill me then. You could have you could have taken this one alive for interrogation, maybe. And and you know, Vaughn sort of waggles his eyebrows and goes, Well, we've got we've got these three. Also, another Robert Vaughn thing. It's a great like like this is the great thing about his acting. It's so formulaic that I can just pick out things like this. Whenever he has to smile, whenever the direction is to smile, what he does is he like grimaces like someone has like lightly squeezed one of his balls and then like sort of like gets it off his face as quickly as possible and goes back to eyebrows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry, what do you notice it? You can't did, not notice it. I didn't need it. to think about Robert Vaughn's balls. <laughs> no, just, just like a light, like like a, a light squeeze, like a handshake sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and he uses his whole mouth. It's like, Egh. but <laughs> just for a second, and then it's gone. But yeah, then then so at this point we also um, we briefly meet, but aren't properly introduced to um, Elia Kuriakin. Who yes. will in future films be Robert Vaughn's partner, but in this Sir, film, not appearing in yeah, this movie. Yeah, he's, he's there. He's played by David McCallum, famous flautist. Um, mm-hmm. But he's really good in this. But anyway, uh, David McCallum, Eli Kurakin brings in these other three agents who've been captured, and then he sits them down on the couch, and then they just kind of fall over dead. They don't even do that until he touches them. They're yeah. sitting down completely still, have died at this point as soon as they've sat down. And, and at and this then point, David Allison McCallum... goes, hey, touch one of them. And he touches them, he's like, ah, he's fucking dead. So, so gotcha. David McCallum is playing Soviet uncle agent uh, Ilya Kuryakin because uncle is international. And at this point in the series, he's still doing the accent, which he later gives up on. Um, but he's like, <laughs> this man is dead. <laughs> so no, the, fuck, no, the drop is, I got this one. They are dead. But how? It's not the game. Why you have to be mad? <laughs> we have big plan, you know. <laughs> the 60s sound design is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, so at this point we get we get an M briefing Bond scene because Napoleon. Yeah. Bond, like, what do you know about African country? Yeah. And at this point, at this point, my note I've written down here is. Boy, you can't fucking say that. My one is, oh no. Because- <laughs> oh god, yeah. yeah Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A- Alison, Alison goes, uh, Solo, what do you know about? Newly independent, very primitive African nation. Fucking <laughs> like no, fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Snudging up the C score there. Yeah, but the way in which this movie treats, is, is it Western Tumba? Western Tumba, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The, we- the way this movie treats Western Tumba is. is in its way, I think it's occasionally strangely progressive. Yeah. In other ways, not so good. Uh, this is one of the not so good columns. Th- it's just um, something that genuinely struck me later on is like how well the, the characters yeah. from the Tumba are like treated. These yeah, guys are just could have been a lot worse. They're yeah, real yeah, yeah. people. But like the, the, <laughs> it's the, like, the sort of the the, the vibe. The vibe is. Uh, Western Tumba has like thrown off the shackles of its colonial oppressor. And is Which now is putting good. on the shackles of international. <laughs> international well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, but for, yeah. but for now, for now, they don't even they don't even get that far. They're just like it's a new nation on the world stage, and that's a good thing. 
And we're sort of like broadly optimistic about this. Now, if you say like, oh, there's there's like a, a new country or whatever, that's sort of like a like a punchline, right? At this point, 1964, that's like, no, th this is like George Washington shit is happening in the jungle right now. What is the newest and, country? Yeah, exactly. And we as sort of the, like the community of nations are like, you know, proud to sort of welcome them onto the international stage. Uh, unfortunately, South someone's Sudan, gonna probably. fucking kill mm -hmm. kill the fucking yeah. premier, so, the prime minister. So uh, M M tells Bond, or Alison tells Toto. <laughs> so one of our guys at the start, Agent Lancer, uh, the guy from the opening of the film, he's been killed. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. He's, he's been killed. Yeah, Nineteen sixty-four. Um, Mark Ruffalo. That's right. He he had infiltrated <laughs> a chemical weapons uh, a chemical company, which is owned uh, by a guy called uh, Andrew Vulcan. And this is a cool name. Cool name. It's nothing but and this is a name front. So this is a front. Yeah. The company, the chemical company, is a front for uh, Wasp. Um, Wasp are Spectre, and there's kind of a funny thing with this, which is that, like, so in the Man from Uncle series, the the Spectre villains are actually called Thrush. That's, I noticed. Um, yeah. yeah, they're actually called, but for some like copyright shenanigans in this film, they're called Wasp, and they're like dubbed over really badly. Holy so dumb, every time yeah. it's just like, we need to try and stop Wasp. <laughs> it's, it's even better. The most noticeable one is like when they have the head of the nation of Matumba say it, and his voice is so different to the one that they dub him over with. It's yeah, so good. Yeah. Wasp. He's like wasp. Perfect. Yeah. Just fantastic. Uh, so so Solo's like, all right, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna go see. I guess my yeah. handler slash secretary slash slam piece. Yeah. So the, the yeah, mission is bunny. find out who killed Lancer um, yeah. and then uh, stop whatever Wasp is up to, like trying to assassinate, we assume, the president of West Natumba. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so so Q and Moneypenny are the same person in this. Uh, yes. Q, Penny. Stacked 10 out of 10, yeah. Addy. Yeah. Maggie. Yes, and Maggie Maggie works in a little office with a sealed door and a radio in it, where she just talks to Solo in the field, which says a lot about how men sort of desire women. Um, but she's about to go on vacation. Yeah, imagine desiring is... a woman where you could touch her, but you could only hear her voice, listeners. Uh. Wouldn't that be like really weird? One of one of the I things that she says when she's on the radio is oh. uh, Channel D is open. And I fucking bet it is. Because um, <laughs> this is another, this is another like uncle thing. Well, like it's it's an iconic phrase where wherever they want to talk to to uncle, they just go open channel D, please. Mm hmm. Channel D is open. Channel so D is open. open. This um, but but so this movie is so old that Fire Island wasn't even gay yet. Is how old it is. She's she's like packing for a vacation. She's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to Fire Island. Totally normal, unremarked upon. Um, but what what Robert Vaughn does, what Solo does, is he sees her bikini top just like draped over a chair. Immediately grabs it. He holds onto it for the rest of the scene, and then. He does a perfect inverse baby boom echo of the Shinzo Abe meme because what he says is, "This ain't going to slow down the population explosion." I'll tell you that. I'm gonna keep real it with real you. with you. <laughs> the thirty-sixth president of the United States, Lyndon Baines Johnson. <laughs> this will not ameliorate the exploding population. These, all of his like Bond one-liners are like this and they're all shit. They're all like what the fuck they're all shit. Yeah, he picks up the bra and is like, well, this is too expensive to have shrunk, so I suppose you must have bought it like that. And everyone's like 
You did it, buddy. Ha! Sixties joke. <laughs> yeah, she, she gives him a communicator. She also gives him a briefing using an incredibly loud. Yes, <laughs> yes, projector. I wrote this down too. She's just like, yeah, let me just activate the extremely loud briefing projector. <laughs> so she's like showing a bitch like, this is Vulcan. This is the factory. Shout over the noise of this slide projector. <laughs> it's so good. So. What, what she tells him is that the, the delegation from Western Tumbo is like. Is, <laughs> is, is three people. There's there's the president, the guy that they're going to try and kill, President Ashiman. There's his Minister of Defense, and there's his Minister of Economics. And that's it. That's, that's all you know. That's all you get. Um. And then at this point, he calls her an agent he, provocateur. Uh, oh, I, I have that line. AGP, uh, quite for literally. Sure. <laughs> yeah, me when I flash a bra strap to get they them pussy. Well, thank you, my little agent provocateur. <laughs> and then, and then he has this line where because she's she's going to tan on Fire Island is is the idea. Yes. And he yeah. explicitly compares her to a piece of meat by saying medium yep. rare on both sides, and mm -hmm. it's like. Uh okay. Nineteen sixty-four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then the, this, the, they are in like some kind of. I think we're supposed to imagine like fl friendly, flirtatious yeah, office. Yeah, fucking money penny shit. Like, yeah. But, also but she's except cute. the difference is they they are fully fucking. Like that's one of the things that the Bond franchise sort of like diverted into as it became curiously prudish about money penny until the Lazenby era, where it's like. Yeah, it's just like this unspoken, it's like a flirtation between them that we kind of sense didn't really go anywhere, whereas this is like, no, they're, they're fucking all the time in there. Oh, by the way, we also hear that the, the, the wasp guys who died at the start, who just like fell over dead, it's because they swallowed poison before they even went on the mission. So they were, yeah, they were I, I kind mission. of like this idea because yeah. Kuriakin is like, yeah, you know, the, whether they succeeded or failed, they were dead. They were dead men, um, and you know, they kind of immediately undercut it by being like, ah, oh, well, um, wasp is so evil that they probably didn't even tell them that they were poisoned. Um, but so we we do some detective work. Solo goes through uh, Andrew Vulcan's old yearbook to be like. Well, he must have he must have been heterosexual at some point. He's Volcel now because of business. That's right. Like me. But as an American man, at some point he must have been going steady with a woman. Um and <laughs> such a cute expression. He 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 looks he looks through uh he looks through sorority records, which he uh you know he probably just it, has those, I think. Yes, it's a club for girls. It's a useful, useful mm -hmm. job. And and he finds a photo of Vulcan with his arm around a, a woman whom he has to deduce who this is. And let me tell you, get a fucking name alert as we introduce Elaine May Bender. I also wrote Elaine Bender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Elaine May Bender Bending Rodriguez. <laughs> Robert Vaughn's voice is so good. This is like yeah, he always so sounds good. like this. Yeah. So Elaine May Bender is uh she she's from New York. She like dated him in college, and then she went off to get married, and is now an unremarkable suburban housewife in suburban upstate New York. What a dream! Absolutely. Jesus. So so he he goes to visit her. There's a fantastic sort of like 
um, almost bawdy bit where, in order to make this introduction, he's gotten the bishop of her church to send her a pastor or her priest to like chaperone her and introduce him as like, no, this guy's fine. It, it is normal to let Robert Vaughn in your house. He just does this thing with his eyebrows. Do not be alarmed. I think it's like slightly w- weirder to let Robert Vaughn in your house if he's like introduced by a priest. <laughs> like what? And, and the priest gets a bit of comedy too because he's like, well, the bishop told me to vouch for him, but in, you know, in good conscience, I can only really vouch for the bishop. And then gets pulled off stage by a big hook, yeah, sort of thing. Mm. It's like pure vaudeville. But anyway, um, then Robert Vaughn wins the Brian Cox Memorial Award <laughs> in Intelligence. He, sort of, he wins the Brian Cox Memorial Award in Intelligence and Bar because what he does is he sits her down. And he's like, Wasp is a secret. Uh, top secret kill squad. You heard of Spectre? Um, it's Spectre. Yeah. However, I'm a member of Uncle, which is another top secret kill squad. <laughs> she goes, uh, I'm a member of Uncle, and she responds, and here's That's not the one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've heard of that, I think. I've read about that somewhere. <laughs> just like cool. secret yeah. agents, <laughs> like normal. You have but my, fa- you- my, fa- my favorite sort of like totally it's unspoken like you've heard thing. Of the men in black. <laughs> my, my, well, she's a fifties housewife. She's like, I'm a lot of quaaludes, and I've been reading sort of like some some weird literature. Um, but my favorite unspoken thing here is that when he introduces it, when he shows his ID, which he then snatches away from her, he doesn't say uncle. He says the UNCLE, <laughs> and then like, and you can tell he's like, this time, this time, I'm gonna make it stick. And she's like, oh, uncle, and immediately <laughs> and like, he folds, and he's like. Yeah, the rest of the movie, he just calls it uncle. He was like, fuck. He wanted it to be so much more impressive. <laughs> it's like, I'm with the UN, Sally. And she's like, uncle? And it's like, yeah, yes, uncle. <laughs> the United Network Committee for Law Enforcement. And, uh, and uncle needs you to get on a plane to Washington, D.C. right now um, and abandon your, your husband and your children in order to serve your country. Yeah, and like get close to Andrew Vulcan and like find out what the deal is with this, because we think they're going to assassinate the president of this new nation. This is a fucking banger of a premise for a film. It's like mm. suburban housewife has to go and become like a glamorous spy lady. Yeah, and this like, rocks. This is so, I wish the movie had been from her point of view, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. This will get tired, however, because one of the tenets of the man from Uncle was that in order to give you a way in, you, they had to they had to have like an innocent, a character who was not a spy, but became inveigled in damn near every plotline. It's fine for this one time, but you know, d- bear with me because it's gonna get boring. Um, so he he puts her on a plane. Uh, there is a sexy woman on the plane. Applying pink <laughs> lipstick, Bridget. which triggers Robert Vaughn. Oh, yeah, she's doing a nude lip. Looks great. Bridget like, drive yeah. by harasses this woman on the way past. <laughs> he just like, whatever a red lipstick? And she's like, it's the same lips. And he's like, very What nice. he says is, you know, this is a fraud against men. <laughs> Kill yourself. How about that? <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Take you to a swimming pool on the first date. I was gonna say this idea of like a fraud against men is like so entrenched in 1964 that you could say it about pink lipstick. How is that? What's the fraud? That's the color lips are. Yeah, man. (laughs) Red is more. I thought those were your regular lips, but actually now I've discovered that there's fucking lips under here. Wait till you hear about overdrawing, my dude. What? (laughs) Now you'd kill him if you told about overdrawing. I will also say, this is something I want to talk about, the, the sexual politics of this movie. Every man 
in this movie is constantly like sort of wearing displayed on their forehead what they think their percentage chance to smash is at that moment and it's sort of that's that's a key component to like every male actor's delivery Robert, at this Robert point Vaughan is just like 100 percent all the time <laughs> in the high 90s yeah. permanently <laughs> yeah he sees the pink lipstick it goes down to 99 she does the line about it's the same lips it goes up to 105 fully just just my man <laughs> moving through life there's even a, there's even a bit where um when he's asking elaine about vulcan and they're like oh yeah we, we had a little bit of a thing in, in college or whatever and he, he immediately hits back with why didn't you marry him yeah and she's like i don't know he was weird um and, and, and she kind of like essentially goes oh you made a stupid move now you've only been married into trash but yeah it's he does it's so like the politics of the era was like you dated a guy in college yeah why didn't you marry him it's like what? Like I can't even remember the names of half the people I dated in college now, man. Like- he, he 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 like builds her legend for her. He like hands her various pieces of information. Like this is what your house looks like. You're now Elaine May Van Every, a rich widow in oil wells. Uh, here's here's what your holdings are. Here's who your friends are, and everything about this is. This is, I think, this this thing where she like she's sitting in the seat. He's being very charming. We quotes next to her, handing her all this shit. I think this is a 1960s man's idea of what a 1960s woman's sexual fantasy is, and it's all about wealth. And at this point, I wrote down simply, America is dog nation. No, no, no. Th- this <laughs> isn't this isn't the sexual fantasy of a woman in the 1960s. This is the sexual fantasy of me now. It's <laughs> <laughs> like here is your boundless wealth. Yeah, because the, uh, the next morning she's in a hotel room and she and like Robert Vaughn wakes her up and he's like given her breakfast and a room full of designer gowns and fur coats and it's like I've gotten you into a fancy party this evening. You'll be amused to know that I wrote down that which as she does stepping out of bed directly into kitten heels is an Abigail Thorne move. It's all the time. Yeah, she does put on pink <laughs> heels, but she gets into the uh, she gets into the hotel room and Robert Vaughn is like. A, put on, like, breakfast, um, and Mm -hmm. B, like, filled this room with designer clothes and jewellery and furs. Um, And I have written, I would immediately fuck someone who did this for me. Because he's (laughs) also, like, Andrew Vulcan's having a black tie party tonight. Obviously, you're going. You're going to try and get close to him. I've also booked you a hairstylist and makeup artist. And I'm like... Mm, Because you look like shit, quite frankly, bestie. Oh, my God. Like, I I would instantly fuck a man who did this for me. This is, like, an iconic move. Please, someone do this. There's, a, there's an interesting little line here where she, he's trying to get her to eat breakfast, which is French toast, and she doesn't want to eat like a big breakfast. And she says, I bet the real uh, Van Avery or whatever is fat. American, American adults overeat. And I'm like, it's 1964. Every American woman has two eating disorders on the go at the same time. And like, whose main calorific group is fucking quaaludes. That... Like, and you get a little bit of a sense of like how that maintained itself as a system to just be like, well, that's a normal thing to say that will make us sympathize with this character as be like, oh, I bet she's fucking fat. Also, everyone's like, you know, eating lead and covered in radiation. Like, who gives a <laughs> shit? I've, I've fucking toast. Yeah, like, who cares? Lead was like on yeah. tables with salt and pepper back then. Mm. There's, there's, there's a bit later where Solo like meets another woman and apologizes for offering her a cigarette that has a filter on it. 
That's the level of devil may care oh, we're at with public v. health. <laughs> just like, is is a filter okay? Uh, uh, so, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna fuck you wearing this condom. Yeah. AIDS hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> one, one thing we've skipped over somewhat is that when Elaine wakes up in in the hotel room, Napoleon is there already. He stood in the room, yep. fully clothed, staring out of the window, and he goes, "Telepathy is real." <laughs> and she's yeah, like, oh, yes. and he's like, "I've been sending you messages to wake up for sixty seconds." And and, and she's like, "Why why do you have the number three thousand on your forehead?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Hell of they, an open I, I, I assume this is like just more sixties like population explosion shit. This still just people must have been talking about this in the sixties. It's like I think there's something to this mental telepathy thing. And I'm like, what dude? Good morning <laughs> to you too. So 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 she goes to the function where she looks great. She's got her hair done, she's in a like a gown. She meets the hostess who is a trans woman. Who's I'm the gonna same say this. woman from the plane. That's true. That's right. She's perpetrated a fraud against She's women. Nude lip again. Killer. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. Spot. Uh, gr- <laughs> fantastic jawline on this Death. woman. Um, and, and she's like, "Would you like to come and meet the delegation from Western Tumba?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." And it's weirdly not racist. Like I, I, I'm keenly conscious here. Racist. I was like bracing myself for oh god. What's this the, is what's a it podcast be? of three white people, right? But to me, it's fully like or oh, shucks a kind of brand of American liberalism of like, hey, you guys threw off your colonial oppressors. We did that. You know, <laughs> I, I did that too. Um, you like some y- new ones? <laughs> Yeah, you you guys you guys are just Americans, but you you you're like you're just Americans geographically displaced. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and we see that like we actually managed to have a conversation between these different characters about neo-colonialism because the deal is they're coming to Vulcan because Vulcan is going to build uh like a a synthetic materials like a plastics plant in their country. And no one else is gonna do it. Like, uh, there's there's a lot of like investors, but no one wants to invest. And we get like a okay, maybe basic, but pretty straightforward like discussion of colonialism, which I've I've put in in its entirety as a drop because I think it's it's worth talking about. First, we throw the colonizers out, and then we come to them hat in hand, begging them to come back. Don't oversimplify, old boy. It's one thing to enter as masters, and quite another to enter as investors. And we genuinely have this, like, like two different politics of post-colonialism, of the kind of, like, liberal, uh, it's fine, we, you know, we'll get them in as business partners again, versus, you know, this, this sort of rankling a little bit when it's people that you've been, you've been fighting for your liberation. Um, and it, it doesn't, like, doesn't make any jokes about this, it's just there, and it's, it's and people, You know, good. everyone kind of takes them seriously as, like, nation builders, and Robert Vaughan meets mm-hmm. them later on, he's just like, yeah, I mean, I, 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 good luck, good luck building a country. Mm-hmm. But so, at, at this point, Andrew Vulcan sort of, like, lurches into the frame, uh, the, the big number on his forehead is going up and up and up, because he has seen Elaine May Bender, his old college Elaine girlfriend. Elaine May Bender. Elaine May Bender. Uh, the one that got away, Shit, we sense. May well, um, <laughs> Elaine May Bender. Yeah, Elaine. Bloody hope so. Um, <laughs> Elaine May pegging, and she, he like sh- 
it's essentially shoves everyone out of the way and is like, okay, we, we I need to talk yeah, to this, this woman. This guy is like, Helena, I haven't seen you in years. How's it going? She said, oh, like my husband died. Like she says like two months ago. Goes down a bit he, to like since the high seventies. Like, Perfect. Like, <laughs> she, like, um, yeah. she, she plays a spot perfectly because he comes over and is like, my God, is that Elena? And she like looks directly in his eyes and goes, I'm sexually available. And he's like, hot dog, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, out on the ground. Back in business. Yeah. But it also, in, not 60 seconds, he says, it's been many years since I've been moved by the look of a woman. And it's like, <laughs> you just heard her husband died two months ago, my dude. Like, Yeah, but he, he became Volsel for business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he, he he takes As her out on the balcony. Did. That's right. Uh, he takes her out on the balcony. Meanwhile, Robert Vaughn is talking to the delegation, mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, sort of uh, Vulcan is like looking over his shoulder at him. He's fully winding up to do the kill him. Yeah, 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 this is quite a nice little scene because as Vulcan and Elaine are chatting, we see Robert Vaughn in the background and inside, um, and uh, uh, Vulcan's henchman, a guy called Mr. Gist, comes in, and he's like, oh, oh, like, <laughs> Mr. Gist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he comes in, he says, um, uh, Andrew, uh, our friend's uncle is here tonight, and it's like, Ah, okay. So we get a little bit of he like means, code. Uh, you, no, you mean my our friend's uncle are here tonight? You ungrammatical fuck. Yeah. Um, but he's like, oh, like we we'll make sure that uh, our friend's uncle, you know, is taken care of. Like, and it's we get a cool little bit of like spy speak. It's kill him. It's cute. Um, and, and of course, uh, like Elaine immediately recognizes this and gestures to 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 Solo, who is like, okay, fine. I'll meet you. I, I I will prepare my special move here. Um, so they they, they talk for a bit, um, and you know she she talks about him being Volsel. They dance uh, because he's taken dance lessons, but he's never had an opportunity to use them until now. And I quite at this like point, that line. I quite like that. He because yeah. she asks him, she's like, "Surely you must have learned to dance between the college and now." And he goes, "Well, I took lessons, but I've never had the inclination to use them until tonight." Good. And I was like. His sexuality sort of like blossoms like a flower which is then crushed immediately because Napoleon Solo has been charging his special move. This is something above a Sigma male. This is a fucking Theta male move. He, <laughs> unbelievable. He, <literally laughs> he sees them dancing. He like takes his hand away from her and he's like, no, 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 you're doing that wrong. You need to be doing it like this. T- shows him how to dance and then goes, by the way, I'm stealing this woman from you and dances away with her. Fucking, fucking incredible. Just Sigma shit. Un- unreal. <laughs> it's, it's all carried on the eyebrows here. But they, they chat and um, well, it, this ends up being quite cute because they chat and Robert Vaughn says, okay, cool. Uh, I understand that I'm in danger. Put this thing in, in the Prime Minister's drink at the Prime Minister of Western Tumba. Um, and they're like having to like laugh and pretend this is a normal conversation because they're being watched. But then um, Robert Vaughan kind of dances her back to Vulcan and then goes, thanks very much, and walks away. And Elaine has this line where she says, what a charming man, or at least I'm sure he thinks so. <laughs> and they, they, it's, it's this quite like nice moment where she acknowledges the weirdness of what's just happened. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I, plus, generally, one of my favorite things is when a character says, hey, laugh like I'm saying something really funny to you right now. And and like the other person laughs. That I really like that. That's one of my favorite sort of spy movie things. Um, but so she she does drug the prime minister. This happens off screen because Solo has to like go and powder his nose. He has to break into like a women's powder room. Um, 
and and like communicate with Channel D to to talk to this 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 horny woman back at headquarters. On the way out, another woman who he has been flirting with earlier looks at him like, "Um, why why are you in this in women's spaces?" And he sort of once again theta mails his way out of it by being like. Listen, I'll be in. I'll be in Manhattan on Thursday. You can fuck me then. Do you have to break down the door in here? And it's like Jesus Christ. I, mm, I have some thoughts about the sort of like the sexuality and the sexualization of this movie. Uh, they're not weirdly. They're not all negative, but like most of them are. Yeah, I mean, at um, least the lady on the plane that he talked to the lipstick, the lipstick lady, like she deliberately like makes eye contact with him and then deliberately like drops her lipstick on the floor so that he picks it up. Like so, at least she instigated that a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We see we so, see throughout this film that like Robert Vaughn is being pursued by women. He's not always like chasing them around like Sean Connery was. Not always. So he he the, the prime minister is like incapacitated. He has to be carried up to his room. He's like knocked out. He won't be able to go and visit the plant, which is where they think the assassination is going to take place. Uh, so they think he's safe. He gets in his car to drive back to his hotel. On the way, he has a bizarre up- conversation with Maggie. Yeah, he calls up Maggie again, who is like, uh, "Good that the thing's working. By the way, you up? What are you wearing?" Um, she she fully like like Im- initiates this as like a, a a flirtatious as a sexual conversation. She tries to sext him over a sixties yes. radio connection. Okay. Yes. <laughs> She's like, what are you well, wearing? wearing? It's like grey flannel suit, same as every other cut. Yeah. How dare you? Here's his tan. Sort of like a brown. You up, want to cyber, over. <laughs> I love when a guy comes to my door and it's like, telegram, and then she's like, do you want to fuck? And I'm like, I've been bored, I don't even know you. It's so, like I'm driving my big sort of '60s Cadillac, uh, like down a nice, quiet country road. I'm turning the steering wheel for miles, and it's not moving. Um, <laughs> but bet you wish you were here instead of locked up in an office. Mm. Um, but he has this fucking bizarre line before he hangs up, where he just goes, "Drink your milk." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because what the fuck? Well, he's, he's like, she, she's like, got milk and cookies there, which Women he somehow knows. Milk? Because of telepathy, something. and she's like, "Will, will you sext me?" Essentially, and he goes, "Drink your milk, uh, good girl." <laughs> We're not and it's up like... a bit where he's genuinely telepathic. <laughs> We're not gonna. Do... <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was, think- I was thinking more about this sort of like a, a Discord daddy kissing relationship between these two. Yeah, it's atrocious. Yeah, it's very odd. Um, <laughs> Discord daddy point... is, is a disgusting phrase, and I hate you for oh, putting yes. it in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Not now, kitten. Daddy has to like detect the presence of another woman, which he does because he's like the, the pussy celebrity. detector goes off. Mm, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the number on my forehead is still very high, but there's no one around. Yeah, why? Why? Why is it going up? <laughs> I, and he t- he turns around with a gun and is like, "There's a there's an Italian skank in the back seat of my car. There's a broad in my fucking wagon. What's happening here?" <laughs> He put. He pulls over. He does the line about like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I only have filtered cigarettes, which is fucking great." Because I'm great. gay. Might as well be putting a fucking dick in your mouth. You give me a filtered Marlboro. Die. Get out of my sight. He he Animals he gets her out of the car, and and he's like, "Well, what if you what if you have a gun concealed on you?" And she's like, "I'm wearing a fucking look at this dress. <laughs> she's like, do, do I look like I have wear. shit?" 
concealed on me. The tuck is like halfway up my fucking asshole on this thing. Um, and he's like, well, I don't know, it could be done. And at this point, he sticks his gun in her tits. And it, the, the sort of, the... Infam the the like interactive fiction thing of use gun on tits that he's doing here <laughs> really feels like every spy movie we've done has like collapsed into one singularity. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Fucking cut it, print it, send it, make it the episode art. Him sticking his gun on a woman's tits. But then he searches her with the gun barrel, and it's sort of more it's it's not shown, right, we see her face, but the sort of thing is, he puts the gun barrel, like, up to her pussy? Yeah! To, in, like, inspect it for weapons? And she's like, uh, shoot this woman's pussy off. She's either into this or pretending to be. Use gun on pussy. That's right. Um, so, at this point, she's like, <laughs> the, 009's, 009's still alive. Um, he wants to meet you. He sent me here. Uh, it's it's not a trap, and if it is a trap, you're so smart and handsome. You could you could definitely get out of the trap if it was a trap, and this works. Uh, of course, it works because he's telepathic. He's like, well, I'd know if it was a trap. <laughs> and the, yeah, you, you get the you get the drop that we had at the start where mm -hmm. she's like, oh, you you just kill me straight away, and he's like, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so also a, I've, I've written here she's a great actress because as like, you know, he opens the door for her and she gets in the car and then he walks around to get on the other side and just through a look we get her going to be like I'm evil yeah, she's <laughs> so, so good the at expression this. on her face is just like <laughs> genuinely genuinely the best actor yeah yeah in this it's movie. fantastic um, and, and so he, he drives them to the same house that we saw 009 get killed get killed in um, and we we get some more flirtation on the way. She's like, "Oh, I I live alone from time to time, uh, you know." I, I and me too, baby. <laughs> yeah, I I never have any men back here. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, so I shouldn't uh, like intuit anything from this. I shouldn't like misbehave." And she's like, "Oh, I didn't say that." And I I like this. It is cute. And it it makes me think about this because this sort of normalization of, of flirting of sexuality is, a, as we know, a tremendously oppressive thing in real life, right? However, when it's done in this like this this framework of fiction, where it's like, oh, everyone's everyone's horny, everyone's into it, nobody's like got a headache that day, or is gay, or just fucking doesn't fancy you, or whatever, whenever it's no stakes like this, you get a little glimpse of how I bet it was possible, it wasn't worth it, but I bet it was possible if you were in the mood with the right person for it to be fun, for it just to be totally normal, for a man to go up to a woman and be like, hey, nice tits, how's it going, kind of thing. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's nice, this in a way, which seems is, so weird. It's like that, right? This whole scene is, is the two of them just sort of like moving through the house doing bits, and I'd like earnestly mm. find it extremely charming. He's tr he's genuinely doing like Bob Hope bits because he he knows it's a trap because he's because of the telepathy. Um, he 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 grabs like a sword off the wall and he's like, oh yeah, I, I my my grandma used to swing a sword around looking for looking for like prowlers and stuff. And he's fully just they're just doing bits with each other. He's like darting through doors unexpectedly and like uh, getting her to go through things. Finds the house empty. He's like, okay, I still know this is a trap, but I'm gonna let my guard down enough to have sex with this. Yeah. Guy. Meanwhile, his like forehead meter is just like gone up to about two hundred percent at this point. 
Yeah, and then then we get this frankly incredible a line, exchange. A line which has been I have been painted with a laser designator. <laughs> this line has been dropped Willem from Defoe an aircraft. and the lads are like sighting uh, you up and blowing up children in the next yard at, over at thirty thousand feet. It has spiraled down to directly obliterate me uh, because he he he's kissing her. He like undoes her dress, and the discussion that they have is: What would you like me to change into? Oh, uh, anything but a boy. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, Napoleon. It's n you. You, sh you should try it. It's not bad. You might like I mean, it. She but opened like... up the whole scene by being like, "Well, if I was a trap, you'd notice before you went down." <laughs> Grinder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, this is—it's hilarious for Alice reasons, but also. Yes. It's a very like instant and very specific denial from Robert Vaughn. <laughs> so, what would you like me to you? Not a boy. <laughs> He's like, not gay. I'm not gay. I didn't. I didn't say that. <laughs> I would hate for you to be a nubile young boy. Not that. thinking about. Yeah, oh. it's like why do you have a second smaller percentage on your forehead that just says thinking about femboys? And why has it been at nine 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 the whole movie? Yeah, it's it's just like an extremely specific denial from Robert Vaughn. It's very funny. <laughs> to be about to have Ste sex with like definitely a, not a guy. beautiful woman and, yeah. and just go, I'm not thinking about men. <laughs> Bracket unprompted. And you're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> anyway, uh, so okay. th they have they have sex. She's like, do you think I'd look good with a moustache? Um... Uh, he 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 discovers. He's like, I the, really like, enjoyed making Abigail the other night at the the TM live show. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And um and and he finds the like burnt label in the in the fireplace, and he's like, oh shit, you know, fucking double oh nine was here, and he's not gonna come and meet us. I'm being led up the garden path. I, luckily, I already knew this, but um, so so she's got you know, there's there's an old Russian proverb, um. It's the uh, the the fox knows many tricks, but the hedgehog knows one good one. She knows one assassination method, which is would would you like to stand in my like window here? Yeah, and he does. He doesn't want to do it, and she's just kind of stuck. <laughs> he really clearly doesn't want to do it. Just, he, she like points down at the fucking like fake little bridge over the brook in the garden or some shit, and is like, look, there he is, and there's just a guy stood like perfectly statuesque, silhouetted. <laughs> like, is that him? What? And she's like, there's yeah, a guy with a gun out? hiding in that guy's silhouette, They're using which the is old so gay. Silhouette technique, which I used for the <laughs> opening of the film. Yeah, the second um, guy stood perfectly behind you, so he's blocked. <laughs> Two identically shaped dudes. Is it gay to stand perfectly behind your dude, yeah. <laughs> concealing your silhouette from the enemy? Um, so she, she she throws on the lights and then tries to push him into the field of fire, but he just like sidesteps her and she falls into the he path uses of the every of bullet. Walking slowly around her again. Yeah, he once again he just does the <laughs> he around a pillow so, and like oh fuck. <laughs> and it works. It works. She gets absolutely lit up, and I wrote owned. Just yeah, she, she she gets owned. He looks a little bit shocked and a little bit sad because Solo is like debonair and urbane. He's not like in the business of killing women callously, even when they're trying to kill him. Um, but then the two goons try to come in, and we get a, a chase scene. He like gets out over the roof. They chase him through the gardens. Uh, we get a bit of a shootout. He gets away in his car, and then one of the goons goes to the other, hey, get the car, and he goes, no, don't worry about it, I've tampered with the car. 
in a plot for my sort of unproduced screenplay called Speed. I've hooked the speedometer to some kind of bomb or something, and the second it hits 50 miles an hour, that shit is just armed. I call it the car that couldn't slow down. <laughs> and then he delivers this weird, weird, weird line where he says, Our uncle's gonna go sleepy by forever. <laughs> Much, yeah, much like the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very Punch unusual. Um, but then, uh, so Robert Vaughn does in fact get to 50 miles an hour and they knock out. They do, do boys little. I thought it was a bomb. Yes, I, I it's, I, I, I'm like, <laughs> Wait, literally sleepy bite? Because yeah, the gas, yeah. the fucking, the, the sleep gas. gas, the knockout gas, the weed gas comes up through the dashboard. How can you know He's that like, would kill him? <laughs> 50 miles an hour isn't fast. He could he, just Well, coast. I mean, not, it's sort of six, 60s cars. He's being impaled by the steering wheel. Oh, yeah, but he happens to be like, though. he happens to be on a bridge. If he hadn't been on a bridge, he'd like, fuck knows what would have happened. But he goes into the water. Um... At this point, we go back to Elaine, who is looking at herself in the mirror in her sort of like expensive dress and is like terrified. She's like, I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah, she's hearing the fucking Green Goblin suit through the door being like, go on, be rich. It's, it's away from her husband for one night. I don't know who I am anymore. Like, uh, after why all, why shouldn't I become a sort of uh, a rich and wealthy widow? Um, and, and Solo stumbles in, sort of half drowned. And immediately passes out on the carpet. Yeah, there's a there's a degree to which I find it very fun that like they set up a trap for Napoleon Solo and it just honestly goes off and works. Yeah, he just like it just works. Survives and is like, fuck, they nearly got me. <laughs> like, he loses his gun and his communicator. As as he says to her when she's feeling a bit insecure about it later, I don't know why you're doing better than I am, which I liked. Um, but so she 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 like nurses him back to health. He does this whole seat rest of the scene with a wet towel on his forehead, um, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't want to do this anymore." Andy seems like a good guy, and you know, I, I'm not really loving being a sort of like spy cop and being used as sort of like a sexual like trap here. Mm. And he, well, if it was a trap, you'd know when you went down. That's right. And in the most sort of 1950s America is dog country response, he literally goes, and this is damn near verbatim, well, if me being hurt doesn't matter to you, check this shit out, they hurt my car. <laughs> no! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> it's like so genuine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they damaged my fucking car woman and then he stands her up in front of the mirror and he's like I'll tell you what your problem is your problem is you're afraid of serving cunt same speech that Abby gave me when we started this podcast and she's like he's like listen you you're you're mediocre right you're a mediocre housewife and you're going to have to go back to that as is your role in our society and you so you're afraid because you're afraid you won't be able to do it because you look good now and she's like this and she's like, "Yeah, this convinces me. Mm. I'm, I'm back. I'm back on the I team." I don't know why Abby um, called you a mediocre housewife, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really sorry. It, it was, it was, it was cruel. Textually, I'm sure it made more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're an excellent housewife, Thomas. Yeah, uh, but so she, she, she uh, essentially is convinced to get taken by Vulcan to his his plant, his factory, on a date, <laughs> his location, to be like. I, I'm so interested in plastics or whatever. Please, please take me to the plastics. It's like thing. I'm gonna make them really small and then put them in everything. 
Ooh. <laughs> um, we, we get some great goon outfits. Yeah, 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 yeah. We do. Uh, we get we get a whole bunch of great sets in in the factory. There are some fantastic oh, yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. I will be calling this place the Pipes Factory from now on because that's what it that's is. Also, they, they have a room where it's just like big shit bubbling. I yeah, they've it. got the boiling piss room. <laughs> yeah. I was very excited to see the boiling piss room. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, the boiling piss room. The boiling piss has a gantry and people walk over it like five times in the same shot. And I'm like, oh, they're going to dump someone in the piss. They never do. Someone's going in the piss. And they just. No one ever no one goes, goes in the, the piss. piss. so fucking mad. They have three scenes where they, like people are walking over this country over the boiling piss, and there's like no handbars on like there is on the gantry, but when you get past that, there's just a big no fucking hand railings. No one goes in the piss. What the fuck? What am I doing here? It's, uh, so, time. so so Vulcan's like your girl. Let me show you the loading docks. Um, and and she's sort of like going along with this. Solo has called in some help, and we see that the security see a parachutist coming down on the lawn, which immediately sets off, like, every alarm Vulcan is like, you know, guards, kill him. Um, Solo, the real Solo, like, just effortlessly sneaks into the piss room. Um, because at, as we see, the, the parachutist is like a dummy parachutist. And we get a great, sort of, almost straight Leslie Nielsen thriller line where he uh, um, Vulcan talks to his his scientist, Mr. Piss, Mr. Jizz or whatever, and it's like um, it's a diversion. Why? To get us away from... Th so he just like explains what a diversion <laughs> is. It's very nearly it's like room it's patients. a big building yeah. full of doctors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a diversion? What is that? Well, it's to distract us so we could do something else. But that's not important right now. <laughs> it's to yeah. go to the boiling piss room and uh, audience... I cannot stress enough how much this looks like boiling piss. It's just a big yeah, yeah. yellow vat of liquid. It's where bubbling. they keep the piss. And at this point, uh, I'm, I'm not entirely certain what Vulcan's industry is. Because <laughs> there's like a reactor, yeah. there's the boiling piss, he's talking about plastics. Like what? Yeah, it's business. It's a business factory. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we, we, we see the funniest piece of spycraft in this whole movie, which is, so Solo gets out of the room, he gets to the door, the door's locked, there's a goon outside the door. So, he knocks on the door, the goon opens it, he like, hustles past him and goes, oh, by the way, Vulcan, won't you indoors? And like, tries to get past <laughs> Yeah, this is really, he's like in a tuxedo at yeah. this point, he's like, yeah, yeah Vulcan, what's yeah. here? And the goon goes, oh, okay, hey! <laughs> <It's really good. laughs> this Perfect this lasts long thing, enough yeah. for, for the second door stuck incident of this movie, where he just like, slams the goon in the door, door and runs. Door stuck! Door stuck. <laughs> You're a certified dick sucker. Um, yeah, and he like, makes his way out and escapes into the pipe maze. Uh, mm. Yeah, we we get a pretty good, I think, chase scene like of him through the pipes. Mount Mongo loves a foot chase. He, he, they he, do, he, and there's it's... There's a Mongo. He meets a Mongo extremely briefly. I wrote down in caps, last minute Mongo. I wrote Mongo a guy at, <laughs> a, a, a big guy with a pipe just takes a swing at him. Uh, he, the guy brought a pipe to work in the pipes factory. And he tries to like take his head off. That's showing point. initiative. Oh yeah, and he just he just dodges it and moves on. That guy that guy's in like one shot. Yeah, one of we the pipe all like, I brought my own pipe from all home. of us sort of like 
<laughs> there's there's also a great shot, a two shot combination, right? Where one of the guards fires a gun at him, and we get a zoom in on that guard's face and his hand holding the gun, which makes him look super cool. <laughs> and then in the next shot, Solo picks up a small trash can and like places it slightly to the left of its previous position, and that same guard runs full force into it and eats absolute shit. It's it's great. It's, it's fantastic. It's but then, so, uh, so Solo retrieves Elaine, and then they, they run out to yeah. the car, and then we get the twist, because the president of West Natura <gasps> is there with a gun, and he's like, ah, you almost foiled my plan. Um, yeah. And it's not him who's going to be assassinated, it's his two buddies. Yeah, because he's been working for Wasp. wasp. <laughs> um, I've been working for... Wasp the entire time. You're <laughs> like, oh, wow. Sphinx. Um, <laughs> so at, at this point, uh, both both Elaine and uh, Solo get captured. They put them in some pretty dramatic-looking D-shaped handcuffs. Um, well, and we, no, no, because on, we get a phenomenal line, which I'm gonna try hmm. to get first try, but I don't entirely remember which one it is. Uh, come over here, Mr. Solo. You're about to be chained to a pipe. Just that's that's after, yeah. I, I also have that. Uh, come over here, Mr. Solo. You're about to be chained to a pipe. Come over here, Mr. TFW. Solo, you're, you're about to be chained <laughs> to a pipe. <laughs> Keep it with my dude. You're about to be chained to a pipe. And that is what happens. My dad say they chain Solo to a pipe. They chain to the pipe. No. So he's gonna be fucking sous vide to death. They're gonna Google yeah. him with this team. Next, next, next to the born guy's guns. Yeah, they like cover him with spices and they're gonna sauna him to death. Like, they literally say this to him, and he like turns to this woman that he's just pulled out of her life. He turns to Elaine and is like, "Yeah, sorry about that." And she literally is just like, "Ah, them's the brakes." Like, yeah, she says that? you tried your best. <laughs> the best part is they're both they're both like dangling from their wrists because they've been chained to this yeah, pipe, which looks pipe. like excruciatingly painful. Mm. And, and and she goes, "Don't blame yourself." And he goes, "Oh, I don't." <laughs> perfect. It's just perfect. so good. It's like ideal. It's this random. It's like the the the, the, the like the sex death. chance. Like, the <laughs> sex chance number is like low but not impossible at this point. Um, so um, so the Vulcan and, and the Prime Minister of Western Tumba reveal. That when they assassinate the other two West Natumban dudes, uh, Wasp are gonna like take over the country basically, and they're yeah, gonna have a whole country like that have like an army and like economic power at their disposal. Diplomatic immunity, exactly, Mr. Yeah, Bond. Yeah, yeah. Also, w we see that because of the sexual betrayal or whatever, Vulcan tries to hit, um, tries to hit Elaine uh, slightly before this, and and uh, Solo like punches him instead because you don't hit a woman. That's bad. Um, which again, curiously progressive. Another curiously progressive thing, Solo is like, it's sort of, you see where OSS Sandy set is coming from. He is earnestly hurt that the Prime Minister was like, betraying his new country. And he's like, but but we were gonna be buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the UN. He's <laughs> gonna it's, have a table next to you, we're gonna eat lunch with you at the UN cafeteria. That's right. So so the, they, they chain them to the pipe, they leave him uh, to get sous vide and Solo immediately, like, using a shit ton of upper body strength we've never seen him display at any other point, hooks his legs up onto the pipe, and then tries to, like, kick a joint into the part. He is wearing 
patent leather loafers at this point, and he's just kicking this fucking thing, making no impact whatsoever, as the room gets steamier and steamier, and the woman behind him dangling from her wrists gets sweatier and sweatier, and I wrote down, is this bondage scene exploitative? And the answer is yes. That's right. Um, but he does ultimately succeed in kicking the thing down. Um, the, gr- the fantastic thing about this, by the way, is that after all of this shit, being sous-vided for hours, her eyeshadow is still perfect. Well, <laughs> um, no, she gets upset actually because they they do yes. they do dangle down and and Elaine, having just been through this traumatic experience, we do get to have actually a nice moment where we see how she feels about this because it's, she says it's strange, my family it? never got to see me looking so beautiful last night. I'm like, you know, um, she, my outfit's ruined and my makeup's ruined, and I have to go back and just be a sort of basic housewife again. And and it's actually it's strange that we have this, but it's quite nice. It's a little sort of like first wave feminist grievance because she says like all of the like everyone takes me for granted. I you know I I cook and I clean and I I feel invisible. And this one time I felt beautiful. And no one even no one saw me except you. It's maybe a nice artifact of the fact that that this was originally an hour long and has been extended. And I don't I can't tell what's what's been added and what's what was original. But it, we do get like more sort of character beats than you might expect in like an equivalent James Bond film, actually, um, because obviously the stuff that you add in is stuff that's cheap to film, and that means dialogue and character moments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but so he he then diffuses this in a sort of like almost sort of killing joke moment where he finds her like missing earring, uh, and they both sort of like break down laughing um, because women are silly. Um, so at this point, he's like, right, I've got a plan. You're not going to like what the plan is. And she's like, what's the plan? He goes, uh, Come over here, Mr. Solo. You're about to be chained to a pipe. This is intercut <laughs> with all of, all of the uh, little man guys like, walking into the fucking boiling piss room. And I was there, like, okay, mm-hmm. we're reaching the fucking denouement, baby. Someone's going in that piss. We're going to get a Dr. No uh, yeah. moment. Mm. And, and, and I'm like, okay, right. He chains her back to the fucking pipe yeah, again. Like, and she's got the pipe off. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like dangling from the pipe, like, ah. And I'm like, is this bondage scene exploitative? And the movie's like, well, maybe. Um, and two guys come in. One of them's wearing the big sort of like hazmat asbestos and then, suit. And I'm like, and then we get hmm. the first appearance of something which is going to recur so much in this series that my brother and I used to call the Uncle Chop, which is, <laughs> yes. which yes. is, if you, listeners, if you ever need to knock someone out stone cold mm. instantly. But without killing them, what you do is you go behind them and you give them a perfect light karate chop right between the shoulder blades. That's right. Takes them fucking out. <laughs> Absolutely out. Eight hours. Eight totally unconscious immediately. Just like. If, so, if someone ever does that to you, you have an obligation to society, to the world, to drama, to be perfectly asleep for the next eight hours. Yeah, my brothers and um, I just, we still do that to each other. We still just uncle chop each other for no reason. Uncle nice. chopping a friend so they get a lovely night's sleep. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll at this point, also, next time. This, there will be oh, an incredible please. moment later in the film series where like, he tries to uncle chop a Mongo and it doesn't work. We'll, we'll get that. We'll <laughs> oh, get that. We're going to establish the, the man with the iron shoulder blades. Yeah, <laughs> not working is remarkable. Fantastic. So, 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 so he uncle chops the guy in the hazmat suit, which like covers his face. I'm like, oh, we're doing Doctor No. He's gonna put on the thing. He's gonna like walk around until until the guy's like, who's that? Nope. No, doesn't fucking do that. He's not. I'm not changing out of these loafers. You know. Yeah. Um, these these are expensive. Sweaty ass 
deemed suit that he's just wearing. He's like, no, I'm keeping Meanwhile, this. in the I know in it smells crazy in there. In the piss room, there is a dial that just says danger on it that's going up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Why would that be a dial and not dial. a gauge? I wrote down the piss is reaching danger threshold. <laughs> What are the units of piss danger? <laughs> and he and he's like to the two the two guys the two guys who's trying to get killed. He's like, please stand here, touch this metal plate. Um. And, and meanwhile, meanwhile, the the prime minister like sort of is like ushered to the side. And as the pressure builds, Solo like enters the room and at the very last second. He's like, hey, we need to get out of here because the piss is going to explode. Pulls the two of them out of the room just in time for the piss to perfectly obliterate. Everything else in that room. The explosion that happens behind that door looks genuinely frightening. It looks like they overcooked it. A, a like gout of flame shoots through the fucking door that Vord is trying to hold closed. And you're like, Jesus Christ, what <laughs> fucking stunt guy worked on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, did, that much? did people really die in this? Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you know, everyone who isn't um fucking Elaine. The two guys that he's rescued, or Solo, is burned to a crisp in this explosion. It's it, it's a weird sort of ending. Um, Wait a fucking minute. The, the 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 two guys like get to sort of like mourn their prime minister as as a hero and a martyr uh, who you know died trying to do something good for his country, which was what he was planning to do to them, in in some nice irony, and then. Then we get to the part of the movie that I, I really want to talk about because it actually really upset me, which is he he puts Elaine back on back on the plane. They fly back to, to New York. And he's like, Well, it's time for you to go back to being normal. But as a reward for serving your country, I got you like a night out at, you know, a, a fancy party. Yeah, it says the, the UN are having like a like a dinner next week. I've got you and your family tickets to it. I've arranged a gown. I've arranged a hair and makeup artist. Thank you for serving your country so you can go and you'll look the bomb and your family will be there and you get to yes. have an glamorous evening again. Which and I thought she, was a nice said, gift. It, it, again, it, it would is. instantly and, fuck someone who did this. <laughs> and she, she, says, she says, no thank you. And what she says is, because we have to, we have to, this being 1964, of course, we have to reify motherhood and femininity and all this other stuff. Wouldn't, what kind of a world would it be if women could just go around, you know, doing things on their own? And so what she says, and seemingly means, is... Now, I had my big moment last night when I was, well, maybe something I always dreamed I might be. But it was a dream, a memory. It has no right to be anything else. It has no right to be anything else. Bullshit! Bullshit! Is so fucking on the nose. And it's like, how many dreams of how many women were suffocated in this manner? Uh, it's so grim. And we see her, like, out the window going back to her family, and you're just like, no, I fucking get where... She, yeah, she might have been in the fucking CIA, but I see where Bessie Frieden came from, you know? Um, it, fuck, she probably got this idea from the CIA, considering the way Uncle do this. Um, also, I, I did write in a joke here that's like, well, I had a beautiful dream from what I was last night, chained to a pipe. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I mean... Well, yeah, we are we've, all very we've all, sleepy all on this podcast, there. but um, at this point she goes and uh, the air hostess comes and gives the line, 
aren't you getting off, Mr. Solo? And then mm-hmm. the number on his forehead rises to 1,000%, and that's the end of the film. Like, she's like, one on sex, face. please. Well, actually, yeah, she's like, yeah. is there anything I can do for you? And he goes, we've got a, We've well, got an actually, hour in this empty plane before we go back to New York. And he's like... Mm. And we have a freeze frame ending. We have him being like... I like to imagine that the frame after that the frame after that is like uh, just slapping him. Uh, no, no, it's her being. It's it's him being like, I'm not gay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not thinking about boys. Is there anything I can get you? Not a man. Uh, <laughs> not not a soft, supple femboy. Sits in total silence, ramrod straight for the next femboy. hour. No, yeah. no. <laughs> he, he like opens up his laptop, which hadn't been invented yet, and there's like the boy motor map on it, and he's like, "Yes, actually, you could drop me off in Utica." <laughs> also, it's something well, I, I need to bring up because I just caught it in the. Um, I was looking for trivia, and I looked at the cast list and found out the the big guy. The Mongo? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Richard Keel. That's fucking Oh, fuck, George. I thought it looked like That's him, but I gaslit George. myself out of it. Wow. I was like, it can't be. It surely can't That's, be, but su- it That's is. That's how he lost his teeth. It's he survived the explosion. In the pipes factory. Really? Yeah, oh, my God. In, well, in the fucking group chat, but... Oh, my God, Richard, Richard Keel. Keel. So, oh, I love to so see anyway, Fantastic. He's, He's he he's he's not gay. Is the thing about Solo? No, he's and not. Gay. He, he's not he gay. is telepathic. And Elaine goes back. Oh my back god! To her, like, oh my god! He's like existence. looking good in that. Yeah, it's handsome Richard Keel. So, I'm, I'm very impressed. God, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's strange to see him without huge fucked up teeth. What does what does this movie say about masculinity? And why is it it, it, it women are always sexually available to you? They actually love it's it. Primarily that. You, <laughs> that's, I mean, I'm I'm. I'm comparing this to the Connery ones, but it's nice that he doesn't punch a woman. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's very low bar. If, if could... anything, he punches a man for trying to punch a woman, yeah. which is better. Uh, telepathy is real. I mean, if you look at, like, here's, here's my thing, right? If you look at the contemporaries of this film, this is 1964, mm. so it came out the same year as Goldfinger, a movie in which oh. Sean Connery correctively rapes a lesbian. Yep. And this one is just like, I mean, it's it's fucking nothing like it. Like it to consider D- day and night. in in the time is I'm earnestly like a little bit impressed. Yeah, I mean, he does compare women to pieces of meat, and he right. does like sexually oh, yeah. harass women, but like this could be a lot worse. W- within its context, this is strangely progressive, and mm-hmm. that's an incredibly depressing thing oh, yeah. to realize. To be like, oh yeah, this is progressive in that it's like, well, women women can have nice lives as a dream, and then they gotta go back, you have to go back to your regular shit. It's probably why Ian Fleming uh, dropped out of it. I can't stress enough how much that upset me, just to be like, yeah, you can you can have your nice it's thing, fucked. you still have, to have dinner on the table. It's unacceptable. You know? um, but we, we do have a way of quantifying this mm. formally. Scientifically, it's called the Uncle Scheme. Uh, and it stands for... Oh, oh God, sorry. Before we do that, there's one other thing mm. I want to mention, which I meant to check back on. And it, it it's the most insane fucking bit of dialogue ever. It's right back at the start when the, when the WASP agents break into Uncle Headquarters and the second alarm goes off. In the following mm. scene, we learn the reason for this, which is that apparently... The receptionist has a special yes. chemical on her fingers 
Wait, so when she hands estrogen. when she hands you the security badge and then you go through the scanner, the alarm doesn't go off. But if you take the badge, not and she doesn't touch it, then the alarm goes off. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Sick. Yeah, sick. It's, it's like a fantastic security measure to add to the fucking Doriso chips. Um, Unbelievable. I, I, I didn't want to let this film yeah, go yeah, yeah. without no, no, just no, highlighting totally. that piece of absolutely insane fucking nonsense sci-fi yeah. because that's where we're going to go further, listeners. Fantastic. I can't wait. I couldn't think of a funny acronym for uncle here, so I'm just going back to SCUM. The SCUM system. So for SMOM, cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence, and misogyny. Well, we'll say so- uncle and then we'll dub it over with SCUM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the scum system. system. We have a science-based rating system on this podcast. It's called the scum spectrum. <laughs> the, the man it, like, from cuts scum. Away from his face, so you can't <laughs> can't tell, but in in doing so, makes it much more obvious. Alice, Alice is like firing up a slide projector now, so we're just getting. That's right. <laughs> oh, I, I'm so I'm so excited. To have started a new series with you two. Just yeah, me, me too. too. Me oh. too. Kill Napoleon Solo begins now. So, uh, uh, knowing, knowing Smart. the answer. Seven, Smart. ten, twenty-five. <laughs> this man is a walking like golem of Smarm. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in the eyebrows. It's all it's, fucking. It's good up to be there. back with like a '60s yes. motherfucker. Just the yes. I feel like it. I've, I feel like I want to go like five or six. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like full. Because I, I think he could know. get worse. I want to give I, him I space do think to get so. worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to go for a five here, okay, I okay. guess. Sure. He does manage to be sort of earnest in a smug way. Cultural insensitivity, I think, lower than I expected. Yeah. It's genuinely, it, it is like a sort of optimistic liberal thing that's like, you know, one, one, one nation brotherhood. Um, on the other hand, it does, the first lesson of the movie is that Italian women are untrustworthy skanks, mm-hmm. which we don't appreciate. We do also I have somebody referring- respect all Italian women. We do have a, like an African nation being referred to as primitive. Yep. That's true. That is very true. But for, for for the time, say three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah. like that discussion of um, the actual intricacies of like colonialism and like investment and stuff. I was like, wow, that would be like even sort of remarkable now if that was in mm. the film. Yeah, yeah. It's not nothing. Yeah, totally. But it's it's not anything like how bad it could have been. So three. It, it passes some me. sort of like post-colonial version of the Bechdel test where a black character talks to another black character about a country that's predominantly black people in a way that doesn't really speak to white people, which I quite like. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy with the three. Now, unprovoked violence. Not a lot. I they th- go out of their way no. to not kill people, actually. Even even yeah, wasps so, don't do that. Thrush, so, so, solo, solo shoots a couple of guys dead. In the in the TV series that this was like sleep darts or whatever, but we get a shotgun out of a guy like floating face down in some water. Um, but I think those are the only bodies. Usually on this movie. not piss. Yeah, yeah. We don't even. <laughs> uh, they so fucking. The it's such a cock tease with the piss thing. It's ridiculous. Um, it's uh, but up. yeah, I so... was like chanting at the end. I, like my notes just earnestly like the last five notes I have are just like. Boiling piss, piss room, no handrails. The piss, piss is reaching danger threshold. Put someone in the piss to exclamation marks. <laughs> and then fuck's sake, when the piss room exploded with no piss. Fuck's sake. I just you, I think you have a cocktease. Hmm? What do you think? 
yeah, it could be a, it could be a one even. Yeah, I'd, I'm yeah. struggling to think of any yeah. moments where like even when he did the little run around jog at the start, like that guy had a gun, like you know. Yeah. God, you better believe that's really going to be the promo. Unprovoked. This fucking yeah, it's only, it's guess, only the guess, bad guys. I guess, who... I guess the closest thing to unprovoked violence is the uncle chop. Like, oh, no, <laughs> genuinely, they were good. They were good. Also, oh, that's the, true. the uncle chop knocks you out. It's it yeah. doesn't kill you. Mm. Well, exactly, exactly. So I think it's a one. Um, I am marking now, down number of Uncle Chops per movie, though. I, I'm putting a single nice, tally here. Nice. Uh, so misogyny. Seven. Yes. At a minimum. No at a minimum, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, the bit where he fucking stands her up in front of the mirror and is like, is simply afraid to look nice is fucking something so else. Fucking eh? bad. <laughs> it's genuinely atrocious. This is this movie is reprehensible and you know we get we get one well no we get okay we get two women who get agency over their own shit uh like who get to be secret agents and they're both primarily like in terms of like sexuality in terms of using their sexuality one of them gets hoist by her own petard and the other one is like locked in a fucking bird cage ready for for napoleon to come back to new york and fuck her mm-hmm. it's um like in a I'm meat right. locker, almost. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. it's not good. The way that she has to go back at the end. The way that she has to go—it's really fucking sad. You know, it's 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 like if you made a movie. I'm, I'm sure there are movies like this, but it's like if you made a movie about like a trans person where the moral was just repress it. Yeah, it's really fucking it's grim. Um, it, it, yeah, I think it seven at a minimum. Seven. Like I could yeah. even put. I could push it to eight to be honest, because that is real bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, eight. Okay, okay. Eight. Um, in that case, that gives us a total score of. Uh, I'm so tired. Seventeen. Well, here's the thing: we're all sleeping. Seventeen. Um, which is pretty good. Um, it's the same as Doctor No, which is quite nice. Nice to start nice a series start on a seventeen. <laughs> it's the same as Moonraker, uh, as Living Daylights. Um, so, so uh, same as Patriot Games. So yeah, it's like it's like a pretty, a pretty good, pretty solid middle of the road score uh, for a brand new series. I'm so excited for this. I'm so glad you guys yeah. let me let me I'm bring this. Just, I'm oh, so no, glad that it's shot of well because yeah, <laughs> absolutely. My I, I'm and I so are glad to be back in the sixties. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And they're, they're all in the sixties. Well, we never get to the seventies. These were all these all came out in the sixties. Um, at some point, I'm... we will have to have my brother on the podcast. Yeah, love to. I, I'm so happy to be mm. back in the bad decade yes. where we have some things to say about how things were bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, of course, we're all we're all very tired. Um, Our uncle's gonna go sleepy by forever. <laughs> so if, if 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 I can just like uh, sort of arrange us, if we can like stand in sort of like a, a circle and on three, if we all perfectly uncle chop <gasps> each other in the middle of the shoulder blade. So one, two, three. <laughs> Oh god, sorry. Just just woke up. Um whew. How you doing? Good morning everyone. That was to catch a spy. Tune in in two weeks time on the free feed for the next episode of Kill Napoleon Solo, which is The Spy with My Face, 1965. 
Of course, if that's too long for you to wait, do not even start to worry because in one week's time, also on the free feed, thanks to the winter of content, uh, it's the lives of others, which uh, is an Alice pick, if you can tell already. Now, of course, it's not necessary to give us any money to get the entire a uh, lot of content that we're going to be producing over this winter, but some people still do, and it would be frankly rude of me not to thank, by name, our £15 and above patrons. And those are Christine Fox, Amanda Comet, Forks Winchester, Gustavo Lira, Jack Holmes, Paint McCalla, Thomas Oberhart, Nick Boris, Yarek, Natamori, Harriet de Kock, Corios, the Commissar formerly known as Jen, Library Hitman, Beef Crime, Benno Rice, Jonathan Gerdes, Callan Bernie, Max Gamenhart, Jack Drummond, Kit Devine, Kentucky Fried Commie, Jay Martindale, Hell Blood Hands, Lisa Mage, Jonathan Siegel, Tarp O, Big Titty Goth Girl, Mothman, George Rohak, Trip, Harrison Fuller, Charlie Out of the Closet, Alex, a trans robot, Zoe Shepard, Turf Seat Shit and Die Alone, Elizabeth Cox, Danny Potter, the Femboy a Spy, <laughs> and that's so appropriate, and you couldn't have possibly known how appropriate that is to the episode that we've just recorded. And Finn Ross. Kill James Bond is Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful Nate Bethay. Our podcast art is by Maddie Lipchansky, and our website is by Tom Allen. See ya. <laughs>